0: what's up dad welcome to this dad reads a bookish podcast covering numerous genres and fandoms i'm your host jason today we're digging deep into star wars and talking the mandalorian season three what is up my fandom friends hope everyone is doing well out there I'm apologizing in advance for what my voice sounds like. I might sound a little bit different than I usually do. I've been battling a weird sickness this week. It's put me down for a couple days, and you know what? But I promise two episodes a month, and I'm sticking to two episodes a month no matter what. I'm committed. I'm here for us. I got to do this. I want to do this. This is for us. This is our show. I wanted to make sure I still carved out some time to talk to my friends, catch up on what I'm reading, and in particular today, dive a little bit deeper into The Mandalorian, season three, which has started airing on Disney. Plus, as I'm sure you all know. Um, As of this airing as well, one more episode will have been out. Three episodes have aired so far, so I asked some of my friends on Instagram any questions that they might have had or topics they wanted to discuss about uh, this season so far, so I'm looking forward to doing that in just a minute. But first, I wanted to talk about my last current next. I'm always reading, so let's jump right into it. So the last book that i read which i just finished actually mere hours ago is morning star by pierce brown the third book in the red rising original red rising trilogy again it's part of my reread i'm doing and uh, this book just reminded me that it is why it's my favorite book of this trilogy it is a whirlwind it's a roller coaster it's an emotional journey guys it's so good and I've been, some of you have been commenting on my posts on Instagram and DMing me, and I'm really excited that it seems that my fervor and um, passion for this series has inspired a couple of you guys to check these books out you know who you are. Um, And I'm just stoked that some of you guys are taking my word for it, taking, you know, my buddies, uh, Philip and Jeremy from Hail Reaper when they were on, just taking our word to heart and giving it a shot. I know I have my read-along group going, shout out to you guys. We're excited. We're jumping on one of those books a month. But anytime anyone wants to jump into this series, you are more than welcome to do so. And please keep me updated on your journey. So Morningstar is, man, it's just so good. And Pierce Brown, what he he does with these characters, the things that Darrow goes through and just there's salvation, there is um, heart, there is persecution and darkness, but with so much humanity and beauty, it's so good. And in a rare kind of uh, outing for a book, it has kind of a quote unquote happy ending, I would say that's not a spoiler, but um, it's so good. And I know multiple people I've heard that this is the one book that will just I've heard it want, people want to throw this book across the room at certain points, and I can't argue with that. It's so true. It, it's an amazing book, and I'm just, I'm so stoked to jump into Iron Gold next. And you know, I, I'm really excited about this trajectory that I'm on reading One Book a Month. It really keeps the the momentum of these storylines going. I took a lot of time in between each of these books when I first read them because they're just, they, they stay with you and they're kind of heavy. Um, and I was wanting to pace myself because I didn't want it to be over so soon, but I feel like this one book a month is a really good pace to go with. Um, I've been adding other things on top of it. But, so there's enough distance between each book, but I'm also staying really connected and remembering all the various storylines going on. And it's it's been a really cool thing. So again, Morningstar by Pierce Brown, five stars, I love it. The book that I am quote unquote currently reading, which I have not actually started reading yet. I'm in a rare moment when I'm not reading a book, but this book is called Desert Creatures and it's by Kay Cronister. It's published by my friends Erewhon. They've given me access to early books on NetGalley for a while now. And this is one that's been sitting on my shelf. This one actually got published back in November of last year, and I just heard that the paperback is coming out with brand new cover art. but. I'm actually going to read some of the summary from the publisher's website because i'm still learning about what this book is so i figured we can learn about it together so it says a feminist eco horror set in the near future american west desert creatures combines the subversive inventiveness of inland by Teya obred with the eco surrealism of jeff vandermeer's dead astronauts and the themes of survival and morality in cormac mccarthy's the road award-winning short fiction writer Kay chronister transfigures genre and the myth of the west in this stylish and original debut novel now i don't know who some of those authors are so that might not mean anything to you it didn't really mean anything to me but i'm excited to go on this journey erwan is a publisher who they take a lot of risks and they i would say they're like an alternative brand of fiction they post or they publish really unique stuff um actually my first author i interviewed J.M. Lee, who wrote The Nightland Express, he is, um, Erewhon publishes his stuff, so they just have a really unique take on what they do, and they're small, and I really like supporting them and everything that they do, so I'm excited to dive into Desert Creatures, and I will definitely be posting my review about that in the coming weeks when I'm done. The next book I'm going to read is one for my TBR, my physical TBR goal to read one of those books a month, and I'm, I chose Lauren Graham's kind of um biography talking as fast as I can I actually bought this book for my sister-in-law for Christmas a few years back and she kind of lent it back to me because I am a fan of Lauren Graham um and I heard that this is a really funny good kind of quick read I wanted to end the month on something just kind of light and fun I've heard it's a quick read and feels like a conversation with her so I'm looking forward to that one as well I might be able to squeeze one more read in this month but this is kind of I, I have five on my on the docket for this month so we'll see where it goes. After this quick break, we're going to dive into all things Mandalorian Season 3. See you then. Want to support This Dad Reads and get more exclusive content? Then join me on Patreon. I've got a $3 support tier and a $5 friends tier, which will grant you early access to podcast episodes and book reviews, exclusive Patreon-only content and community. Plus, I'll even give you a shout-out on every episode of the This Dad Reads monthly podcast. I'd love the chance to get even more connected. So join me today at patreon.com slash thisdadreads. That's patreon.com slash thisdadreads. And we are back and I am here with my buddy KC78. How's it going, KC? Yes, I'm so excited to talk The Mandalorian Season 3 as well. Have you been enjoying it so far? I have too. Grogu is the best. I know, I love Pelly too. She's great. Casey, as much as I would love to just sit here and talk with you the whole time about The Mandalorian, I actually threw it out to some of my friends and followers on Instagram to help me have this conversation. So I threw it out there the other day to say, what are some discussion topics or questions you have for The Mandalorian season three? I'm going to go through these questions first and um, kind of as they, if my opinion isn't made super clear by answering these questions, I'll dive into some other things that I want to talk about too. So, um... Dre Ortiz-Reed said, will Bo-Katan's feelings toward Din's cult of Mando change since being accepted by them? Ooh, that is the question. So I kind of loved Bo-Katan's like turn, especially after episode two, when she saw the Mythosaur um, under the living waters. And especially at the end of this last episode, it was kind of bookended by Bo and Din's journey um, back to uh, the clan, as it were. I'm sure her feelings will will change. It already seems like there's an immediate acceptance there, which is really nice to see. Um, From this kind of stoic clan, it's nice to see some like humanity bleed through. And I would imagine that Bo is going to feel a sense of connection that she hasn't felt in a long time. And I have a feeling this is going to kind of drive her purpose. Um, I have been seeing a lot of other people saying like, oh, is there going to be a romance between Bo and Din? I I don't know if it's going to go that far. I'm not, um, I'm not a shipper in that sense, but I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't, I think, I would hope it goes deeper than that, um, deeper than just kind of like a relationship, but I hope that she finds like a sense of purpose. She's kind of been adrift and lost, um, and I hope it just kind of ignites and inspires her to, you know, do more and be better. Um, Oh, Dre Ortiz also said, I wonder why Bo didn't mention the mythosaur to Din. Um, Do we even think Bo believes what she saw? I mean, I think she's a little bit stunned by it. And I think that's a very, she's on a very personal journey. And I don't think she trusts Din enough to share that information with him. I think it was a very spiritual, she's on a spiritual journey and that's a very intimate, deep thing. So I have a feeling she will probably mention that later. um, But I, yeah, I, I, it's one of those kind of shocking moments where she she probably doesn't believe it herself. So it, to speak it probably would make it be more real. So uh, maybe she's holding that back even for her own sake, you know. Read with Halley had a comment that just said, the scoring has been improved a lot for this season. I haven't noticed an improvement. I really have loved the score from the first two seasons. Um, and I'm sorry, the epic guy who scores it is... Um, Leaving my mind right now. Um, hang on, I'm gonna look it up. I did hear that, um, Ludwig, Ludwig Gorenson he's not actually scoring this season, but some of his themes are still being used. Um, and so to me, the music is th- those themes are still there and it still rings true. To me, I honestly have felt a little bit of a difference. Um, and maybe that's just I don't know why that is. I, I wouldn't say I would say it's been improved, it's as excellent as it has always been. Um, But I am a little bit bummed that Ludwig isn't like directly at the helm and maybe we'll get more of kind of what that looked like, uh, maybe in like a behind the scenes featurette. But those themes are still there. I love it. It still sounds great. Um, I believe he's working on the new Dune or he's very, I know he's very in demand. So he's working on another project. If you know what that project is, hit me up. I don't remember off the top of my head. So Um, (laughs) Justin, who I talked to last week, the nerdy bookshelf said, who will ride the mythosaur? Well, I don't, I don't know if we're at that point yet, but obviously who wants, who doesn't want to see Grogu on top of the Mythosaur? That's just an image that I'm just going to put that out into the universe. (laughs) Um, my bud Iron Nick design said, is Bo-Katan plotting a coup against the armorer? Ooh, Interesting. I don't know. Maybe. Like I said, I think she's on a journey. And so um, a lot of these questions, a lot of people are... Bo-Katan is kind of coming to the center of the story, which is totally fair and totally fine. But I don't know. I, I'm going to say, at least for right now, no. I think that she is going... Her trajectory and the, the road that she thought she needed to be on for redemption, I think is just going to look differently than what it was going to be in, at the beginning, if that makes sense. I think her journey is just changing from what she thought it was before. So I'm going to say no to that one. Uh, my bud, Jay Monchand. Monchand? I'm sorry, Jay. I don't even know if I know how to say your last name. <laughs> He's an awesome artist on Instagram. I always love supporting his stuff. Monchand. Um, he said, he DM'd me and said, with the awesome reveal of Mate, Coruscant Mountain Peak from Light of the Jedi. I don't know if I'm saying that right, guys. I can go look it up, but let me, <laughs> let me just go with it. How did that payoff feel as a book reader and what other The High Republic nods would you like to see? So if you don't understand what he's talking about... Um, The uh, the bulk of episode three was spent on Coruscant in the New Republic, and I know a lot of my a lot of book people out there were freaking out because the majority of the time that we've gotten in canon in the New Republic has actually been in publishing, and a lot of people were really stoked, including myself, to spend some time on Coruscant, which is when it's a part of the New Republic, and seeing that kind of mountain peak that um, Doctor Pershing was kind of tricked into touching that was mentioned in the High Republic and was kind of mentioned in some other uh, books and places. And so a lot of the book people out there were freaking out that they showed that. I thought it was really cool. Um, I'm always up for a High Republic or book, you know, nod. I know a lot of people were throwing out their book recommendations for, you know, if people liked their time on Coruscant with the New Republic and this kind of era to dive into. And I don't disagree. So like the Alphabet Squadron trilogy is an amazing series of books by Alexander Freed, also the Aftermath Trilogy, those things all take place in a similar timeline, also Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher that came out last year, um, there's a lot of chatter out there about people who exist in those books who are technically alive during this time period, one of them being uh, Rey's uh, father, or Ray yeah, Rey's birth father is out there in the world, and her mother, so... I don't want to jump the gun and say that like, oh, just because, you know, there's a series happening in this timeline, we're getting all these connections. And to me, that's getting probably our hope set up too high. But there are some really cool other stories out there in this timeline that can definitely, you know, shed light on what's going on. Even my wife was like, who's who's in charge right now? And I was like, oh, yeah, a lot. I would say probably the most the majority of the audience for The Mandalorian don't really understand I would say fully, like, the timeline of the Empire and, and the Rebellion, and obviously knowing that, you know, the Rebellion, the Empire's defeated at this point, but um, it was really cool seeing the New Republic kind of still struggling and figuring out how to do things and do things, you know, quote-unquote right or better than the Empire did. But, you know, as an audience member, you're clearly seeing that that doesn't necessarily mean things are better. Um, that's actually a really cool parallel. I just finished Morning Star and... I know I'm not going to spoil anything, but those are some big questions that are asked. Like when you take over or when a government is, you know, overthrown, are you going to be as evil as it was before? Or you with the spirit of trying to do something right, are you just going to end up having to make dark choices just like the the rulers did before you? So those are all valid questions. And um, I'm hoping, I think we will get to see a lot more of what's going on with not just Pershing, but I think we're going to be able to see that political landscape a little bit more on screen. Um, I know it through, especially my wife, um, spending that much time away from Din um, and Bo and Grogu on this last episode. But I think it was a really cool way to kind of introduce this other storyline. Um, and it really felt Andor-esque to me. I, I've read that reaction a lot, a lot online as well. And getting to see the amnesty program that's going on and how, you know, the former officers of the empire, they're not even given names. They're just numbers. And that doesn't seem like a very republic, democratic choice. It still seems kind of like a, it seems almost like they're, like they're forcing them into servitude. And, you know, is that better? Is that is that good? Is that wise for the current state of the new republic? Uh, I think we're going to dive into some more of those questions. And that that's a really cool thing to kind of start peeling back the layers on thank you guys for participating in this discussion with me. I'm going to just jump into some of my thoughts right off the bat. We're, I've watched the three episodes of, that have been out so far. As of the airing of this episode, one more will have been out, episode four. So just caveat there, I'm not speaking to that episode yet, but I think it's been a really great return to you know these characters and this timeline that a lot of us have really grown to love. Um, the first episode felt didn't feel like an epic premiere to me, but it didn't feel... I wasn't disappointed by it. It just kind of felt like another episode in the journey. It felt like another chapter, which was one part comforting and the other part kind of like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're just jumping back in. I I don't know what I... I wasn't really expecting much, but obviously the trailer and all the hype, you know, you just get real... I was really excited like a lot of people were. And it felt really... I think I said in one of my previous episodes, it felt just comforting. It felt really good to be back with our people. Um, And... I've just really enjoyed it so far. I I think a lot like a lot of other people. I've been kind of curious as to where the storyline is going this season. You could argue that you know the Grogu and Mando's um, storyline. You you could probably end it after what happened in Book of Boba Fett. Um, there's there's it could just end right there, right? You know. I, but obviously, I don't want to say goodbye to these characters. And I know there's the argument too that you know Disney's going to do what they do. They're going to keep this going. They don't want to. They don't want to. Um, stop that, you know, the public vibe of the show going, you know, and there's that meme going around saying that, you know, Mando's trying to hold the Darksaber and saying he can't hold it because he's holding up the whole franchise on his back. And I don't know. I I think that's silly. Obviously, I it makes sense for them to keep the show going. It's popular. And I think there's some really good stories to tell. And I do trust the creatives that are involved in it to be telling cool, good stories. So I'm just on along for the ride and I have not been disappointed so far. I will say episode three, while it was really different, it was probably my favorite so far. Like I said before, just getting to spend time on Coruscant as part of the New Republic and seeing the landscape that this series is really in. We really haven't been able to see up until this point anything outside of you know, Din's perspective of about how the galaxy is changing and what's been going on. Obviously, we've gotten hints of some of the New Republic before with some of the pilots and stuff like that. But this has been the real first time that we've seen like at the Galactic Center, what that looks like. And it was cool seeing some of those, you know, high-class citizens basically being like, oh, rebels, Empire, New Republic, it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I'm just living my life and living it up. You want a drink? And that kind of, that's what gave me some Andor vibes um, with Mon Mothma's, um, some of the senators and stuff like that. So it's really interesting just to see how, uh, you know, Din's going on this journey, trying to discover who he is um, and figure out where he belongs in the universe. But there are some people in the galaxy who are just comfortable as comfortable can be and their lives because of their circumstances and their situation aren't going to look different no matter who's ruling so what does that say about what the new republic's doing what does that say about the state of the of the galaxy is it better now that the empire is gone some people would argue that it doesn't matter so those are really interesting deep questions to be posing to such a popular show like this um you know, and as a father, at the point when my kids start watching the show, I would hope that, you know, we can start having some of those kind of conversations about what it means to be a citizen of your of your town, of your country. And um, yeah, what does that mean to be a responsible citizen? I think that's an interesting question to ask. So and like I said, I think Bo is coming to the forefront of this season. I'm really interested to see how her and Din's relationship is going to grow. I think that's a really cool relationship. You know, obviously Din is um, very closed off emotionally, and I feel like he's reserved all of his love and affection and what have you for Grogu, and he would be fine just kind of chilling with Grogu for the rest of his life, but obviously he has a sense, there's a sense of belonging that he needs and community, and I think that Bo is going to be a part of that and she's going to also find that sense of community and belonging with him. So it's, it's interesting. And just the whole, um, scope of the Mandalore, the Mandalorian race and people, what does that look like? Are they going to find a home as, as, uh, entire population again? Obviously they've been decimated and, um, been through it. Uh, how are they going to rise and be a part of this new government and new state of the galaxy? So those are my thoughts on the Mandalorian season three. I've been enjoying it so much so far. I cannot wait to see where the story goes. Obviously I'm glad that we're back spending time with our boys Din and Grogu and Peli I forgot to mention Peli I love a Sedaris Pelly motto <laughs> is just the best. Uh anytime she's on screen I just smile and I'm so happy. So I'm glad that she's still in the mix. Guys, as the series goes, I hope that we can do more of these uh, deep dives and go deeper into the season. obviously as it progresses. If, if crazy things happen, I will bring it up on another episode. but until we meet again, hope you all do well and we'll talk again next time. Thank you so much for listening. For more of my content, visit my website at thisdadreads.com for full book reviews, interviews and articles. Follow me on socials at thisdadreads on Twitter and Instagram. This Dad Reads, the podcast, is produced by Erebus Industries and me. Special thanks to my editor, Jeremy Tuttle, and Tacoma Media for the use of their song Bounce. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. Catch you next time.